Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And for real estate services, contact us on our website at coursecruisingcontracts.com. joining us for this episode of Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Jennifer Hamrick. And I'm Wyatt Wallace. Today we, well, we've actually started drinking really early. We have, we have. <laughs> it is uh, breakfast time. <laughs> 8.30, we're starting, you know, coffee and wine together. Indeed. <laughs> what are we drinking on, Wyatt? Uh, today we are enjoying a Chardonnay. It's uh, Chamon de Cassel. It's 2014, uh, straight from Paris. So... Pretty cool. Great. Yeah. yeah. Let's try it out. Let's do it. Not a bad way to start the morning. That is um. not a bad way to start the morning. <laughs> Man. Agree. The French know how to make some wine. Oh, I feel it in the back, in my ears even. It's good. It, I do uh, taste a lot of the fruit flavors. So. Okay, cool. Roberto Gutierrez is a CPA turned real estate developer through meeting the right people and being persistent. He and his company at Jackson Builders have done over 30 projects and have another 30 in the pipeline for the next 18 months. Roberto, thank you for being with us today. Of course. Happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> what, what would you say is the most important thing that our listeners need to know about, uh, about being a builder or about, about what it is that, you know, in the field? Yeah, I think with uh, any niche of real estate, whether you're uh, you're working on acquiring rentals or you're a developer or a contractor, you just need to find some some good partners, some good people to work with that have done that type of thing before. It'll really help lower your risk and it'll uh, save a lot of headache, a lot of money, and a lot of time early on. Got music to my ears. This is yeah. amazing. <laughs> I don't think we talked about it, but how did you find the kind of people that can help you? Uh, I think just through local local networking groups. There's Wren here in Nashville. Met some good people through there. Um, and once you meet a, a couple people that really know what they're doing, it just kind of uh, snowballs from there. You know, you can ask them for, re for references. It could be through uh, other builders, other developers, bankers, all sorts of people. So they'll be able to give you lots of good references. And I think it's still re really important to verify uh, because we've gotten references before that haven't worked out too well. But mm -hmm. you know, you can never fully eliminate your risk. So you just try to take all the necessary steps that you can and then accept that uh, you know, you've, done, you've done what you can and then you just have to go for it. <laughs> what are some things you do to verify uh, um, I'd say uh, definitely ask for, for references. Mm -hmm. um, a couple people that you can speak to. I mean, if it's a contractor, it's pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. You can say um, a couple builders that you work with, or can you show me some of your work? Um, but then if it's partners, you know, someone that's going to work with you on a deal, ask if you can talk to a couple people that they wor they've worked with before. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be interrogating anyone, but it can just be as simple as a phone call to say, hey, how did it go on your, on your prior deal? And I think anyone that is, uh, is doing well, that's operating ethically, is not gonna have any issue with, with letting you do that. In fact, whenever we have someone that's about to work with us, we send them a few references and 
encourage them to call. That's great. Right. So I think that's that's about the simple. It's about all you can do, and it and it should help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps to um, make you feel a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I found that uh, yeah, that's so true. When you when you contact people's references. Uh, sometimes it's in the things they don't say mm-hmm. that, like the pauses or the, oh, yeah, you know, I, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know, and you go, mm, yeah, I'm going to know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pass so I don't have to know. Right, exactly. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. How did you get to Nashville? Uh, I was born in East Tennessee. I moved to Nashville when I was like five years old, so I pretty much consider myself a native Nashvilleian. So I grew up in West Nashville, over in the Bellevue area, and uh, you know went to went to high school here. Then I went back to East Tennessee for college. Went oh. to UT, did accounting there, and ended up making my way back here after grad school for my first uh, my first office job. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was an auditor. I worked for KPMG, one of the big four accounting firms. So. It was a uh, it was a good experience. It was a lot of hours. It was definitely definitely opened my eyes to the the corporate grind side of things. Yeah. Um, so I made some good some good contacts there. But after doing it for a while, I kind of realized that wasn't wasn't the thing for me. And throughout grad school, I was already getting in. I was getting interested in real estate investing. I did what I'm sure everyone else has done. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and then started <laughs> listening to Bigger Pockets podcasts and then realized there were so many different. So many different things, you know. I, I was interested in single-family rentals, interested in multifamily, which I still am. Yeah. Flips, building, and uh, really just had to kind of try out a, try out a few things before I found what fit and what kind of worked in the market that I was in. And uh, I think we we met at a at a rent event, probably. And, yeah. Yeah. And so um, it was neat to hear how. Um, the connection between those things that you did before has uh, great effects on your life now. Specifically, mm-hmm. you were able to show us um, uh, statements, kind of a, like a rundown of all the prices for the oh, things yeah. that you've done on a deal. And I think it, I thought it was so cool mm-hmm. because a lot of what we do, or people that are in the industry, you know, you may not be great at math, but you got somebody on your on your team that's really good at it. Yeah, and that was exciting to see how important that is to you. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I think that the uh, the accounting background definitely helped with. Uh, just uh, I was you know good with Microsoft Excel, good at underwriting <laughs> things and pulling together numbers and being really analytical. Um, I think that's really important for underwriting deals and then also yeah showing investors or partners what to expect. That's definitely helped us raise money for the projects that we've needed to raise money for. If we can go to an investor and we can lay it all out and say this is what this is what a typical deal looks like. Here's the past couple and then again. Here's a couple references if you want to call and see if this is really how it went down. <laughs> you know. So it sounds like you put a lot of stuff in place even when you got started to make sure things did not go wrong. But we try we to. All know in real estate that from time to time things do happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what what happens when something goes wrong? A project. Um, man, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong, and especially. Um, being in the construction industry, being a developer or a builder, there's you can you try to take all the necessary steps you can to prevent anything from going wrong. 
but there's always going to be things that come up, whether it's it's big or small. You know, it could be it could be small delays, or it could be dealing with uh, with the city. Right? They come in, they don't like something they see. They can hit you with a stop work order. There's lots of codes, lots of things to adhere to. So you just really have to be able to to navigate those types of things, and I think also have a good a good team that you're working with that can stay level headed when things do go wrong and just kind of work through things together and try not to panic we've definitely had some we've had some stuff that's gone wrong before for sure and also learn from it try not to make mistakes again and well and they're not all self-inflicted either but if they are try to learn from it yeah (laughs) how do you remember the mistakes that you made and try not to repeat those it's a good question we have so for construction development specifically we have a, a checklist for every deal oh. of probably 30 different items. And a lot of that stuff comes down to due diligence on the front end where you're going and talking to all the different departments at codes, asking specific questions, um, pulling specific documents, maps that show underground utilities, all that type of stuff. You know, so really it's like, you know, you make a mistake, you stumble a little bit, and then you make sure you add that into your process. So hopefully it doesn't happen again. I'd say that. And then um, once a project gets going, I think it's important to have a kind of a roadmap. And every project isn't going to be the same, but there's going to be a lot of the same elements. So we started off, and I think this can work for construction. It could work for for rentals, rehabs, really anything. Um, We have had a Gantt chart that had probably started off with 50 or 60 different items that we said, we're going to do all these things on these weeks, and this is who's going to do it. And now it's it's evolved and it's over a hundred different steps, and it's not in an Excel spreadsheet anymore. We have a project management software that's integrated with our email. We can pull up an app. It sends us texts and emails and all that. So I think just putting those things into place can uh, it, because you can't remember a hundred different things at one time. You know, I think yeah. you've just got to do that, and it can be hard when there's a lot of things going on to try to slow down and create processes for things. But I think if um, if you get in the habit of doing it, that it can really uh, save some headaches and it can help you scale in the long run too. That's beautiful. The, the I, I'm hearing over and over again checklist and having systems in place, <laughs> yeah. right? That's the auditor in me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, like there's just so many other industries in the world where they go, you know what? We're tired of having uh, either safety issues or um, uh, loss of money mm-hmm. or loss of time. And a checklist keeps things because you don't, you're right, there's not enough space in your brain to remember all those steps every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they have to be written down. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for construction specifically, even here in Nashville at a micro level, I'll give you an example. Um, one of the hurdles is getting power to your property, right? You yeah. have to run underground electric to all the new properties here in Davidson County. Wow. And it's it can be a lengthy process. You have to contact NES from the start of your project and they're slammed. So it can take them 16, 20 weeks to get a design together, um, which at the end of that process, they may contact you and say, there's power pole on your property. You can just tie right into it, no issue. Or they may say, we need to upgrade this. We're gonna put a new pole in. Uh, and it, you know, they put a pole in and then there's a whole process of running a trench, putting conduit in all that. So if you forget to start something like that in the first or second week, you know, you started in the second or third month, well then 
you know, you're gonna get delayed by a couple months and you can't finish a project until you have all your underground work done, of course. You can't do any of your grading, landscaping, concrete, that type of, that type of thing. So yeah. yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, one missed <laughs> phone call. Yeah, exactly. Well, we didn't think about it at the start either. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that project. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, uh, having had clients before who've gone through the process of picking out items, what what does that look like for you all? Where it's like, I, I like the general house, mm-hmm. and ooh, what kind of countertop, and what kind of... Uh, what kind of fixtures can I pick out? Oh, like picking out finishes? Mm. So we do, most of the stuff that we do is spec construction, so we've already got it ready to roll whenever they walk in there, It's oh. and it's finished. But we have done a couple of semi-custom houses, and we have a few different fixture packages. We've got a, a black, a gold, a satin nickel, and it's comprised of fixtures that we've used before. We've bought plumbing fixtures that... Uh, maybe missing a drain or kind of hard to fit fit on for our plumber so we kind of figured out what works well what's going to be easy for the install and what has minimal maintenance issues so in the event that someone want someone wants to buy something before it's done we would just show them our fixture packages kind of have them pick from there and maybe we'd give them a little bit of flexibility depending on the deal and depending on how early they wanted to get into it wow yeah, because that can extend to the time. Oh, yeah, and we'll tell them, like, if you really want to pick something else out from a supplier that we haven't used before, just keep in mind that that may not be covered under your warranty. If you call me a couple months from now and something's going wrong with that faucet or something's going wrong with that light fixture, we'll still try to help you, but know that we told you this. <laughs> that we haven't so approved There's this. lots of, yeah, there's so many little things to think about. So that's why for at least the stuff we do around here in the price range of three, four hundred thousands, it's typically easier to just build it all the way out, have them come in when it's done. I, I know things that are important to buyers are home warranties and finishes and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do y'all deal with buyers um, when it comes to, to things like that? Like warranties? We, mm-hmm. uh, we give a one-year warranty standard on, on everything that we build. It's probably seven or eight pages and has a, a long list of inclusions and exclusions, but it basically says that anything that shouldn't be going wrong in the first year is going to be addressed free of charge. And it, ex- it excludes certain things. Of course, if a homeowner goes in and they screw something up or say they add on to the house or they make some sort of change and a, a contractor that they hired uh, did some bad work, of course, that would be excluded or certain small things like uh, gaps in the siding because of temperature changes up to an eighth of an inch, right? We've got all those things to find in there, which I think are pretty reasonable. But of course, if you've got uh, some some leaking plumbing, those types of things, and we'll come right in and fix the issue and also fix any residual damage. So I think that it's, yeah, it's important to have that. And we always tell the buyers on the front end when we meet with them, we give them our information and we pretty much tell them there's probably going to be. You better stop that. Yeah, hold on just a second. Real estate investors looking for a quick close and no appraisals? Reach out to Mike Brady at PropertyRecycle.com. They are a large private equity firm 
with that personal touch. Property Recycle offers an easy online application, no appraisal requirements, and can close within five days. Ditch your slow, expensive lender and get the money you need today. Call Mike Brady at 615-806-7500. Again, that is 615-806-7500. Or visit propertyrecycle.com. Well, yeah, so, uh, so hey, things happen, and that was a fire alarm in the building. Uh, so we, we evacuated, and apparently uh, we were the only ones to evacuate. So <laughs> Nobody gets worried about Nobody, for real, <laughs> for real. Anymore. We were speaking about home warranties. Yeah, I think I was on the tail end. What I was wrapping up with was saying that whenever we meet the buyers and we're about to pass a, a house off to them, we give them our information, and we tell them that most likely there's going to be some sort of issue within the few months. Nothing big, nothing alarming, hopefully. But just to expect to call us out a couple times, just to kind of set that expectation. It's really hard to identify everything, and there's no no home that's perfect. So I think whenever we, we tell them that, it gives them some assurance that at least they'll have everything addressed in a timely manner. That was something that my mom told me when we worked on our first rehab together. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, she said, look, Wyatt, there is no house that is perfectly plumb. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. I mean, you can get it close, especially when you're working in rehabbing properties. Over time, they tend to, you know, the door sticks because the house has shifted a little bit. Uh, especially with a new construction, you've got all kinds of things where there's new materials that have come together on that site, mm -hmm. and they're going to move. Oh, yeah. The they're, wood. The yeah. wood will move. The floor will, will change a little bit. I didn't realize this uh, until I was working with a, a general contractor on, um, we were putting down new flooring, and it was like a, a vinyl plank. Mm -hmm. And even that, she said, listen, so we're going to make these as tight as possible, but at some point, they're going to shift a bit, so we have extras yeah. laying around so if, when that happens we'll just come back and replace those pieces no big deal mm -hmm. and I thought oh how interesting because you think it's new it's going to be fine until later yeah. but even new needs some work right mm -hmm. exactly so wow I'm glad that you say that they, they can call you <laughs> and it's okay we're right. not upsetting them <laughs> exactly they want to make it good too yeah speaking of builds and uh, well we did have a fire alarm uh, just a few moments ago, yeah. <laughs> uh, you told us about um, perhaps an arsonist who found some matches. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, did some damage to some projects you had going. We did. What well, was that like? It was an interesting experience. It was uh, definitely a good learning experience. We had a, a four build over in North Nashville, and we had a couple houses that had just wrapped up the framing was complete and the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing was all done. I think we had literally just put in our insulation and we had framing inspection called in for, I think it was the next couple days. So we we're about to seal it up with drywall. Yeah. And yeah, an arsonist was hanging around that area, I guess. They found a window that was left open, which we always try to keep all the windows and doors locked, but it's, it's hard to make sure, you know, it's not like we're making rounds every night, locking all the windows, that would take a long time. Um, but anyways, got in there and doused both the houses with gasoline and lit, lit them up. So 
those two houses burned down and then we had another house it was a four build so we had another couple that were probably 15 feet away from it and the fire spread to one of them oh. that was probably 85 or 90 90% complete wow. and it uh, pretty much torched the entire second second story so that was an interesting experience we were working with an investor on the two that burned all the way down I think it was a Tuesday night and I got a text message from him saying are these the houses and it was on the local oh news gosh. massive fire underway in North Nashville do you like buying insurance for your flip new construction or other properties no everyone hates buying insurance unless you call Joe gravy graves with I hate buying insurance I hate buying insurance he chose that name because it's the truth Call or text Joe at 615-499-6846 to ask about insuring your investment properties, and you'll get three free gifts worth over $7,000 in value when you say, Gravy, I need a quote on my most valuable asset. 615-499-6846. Networth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need succeed in the residential real estate market. Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Net Worth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. So, yeah, just grabbed my stuff, headed over there to that street, and there was, uh, chaos was ensuing. But luckily, no one was hurt, and we had insurance. So I remember sitting there, after talking to the uh, the fire department, I just pulled up my phone, looked on Dropbox, and double-checked that I had those insurance policies saved. So <laughs> that was probably the only thing that let me sleep that night. I think it was it was three different insurance claims that were high hundred thousand. So it was like a yeah five hundred thousand dollar insurance claim. Wow. So it's important to have insurance because those builders risk policies, which you can get for new construction, you can also get for renovations are only a few hundred dollars. I think each of those policies was $320, and that's a pretty small price to pay for <laughs> for yeah. getting all that money back. I think it was a $1,000 deductible, uh -huh. so I'd highly advise that, whether you're building new construction or doing a, a renovation. And most banks will require you to have that for new construction if you're getting a loan. Uh -huh. But I know some of these rehab projects, they may be done with cash, they might be done with... Uh, private money lenders and some of them are really sophisticated in other uh, situations it could be a family friend giving you the money so I think it's really important to have have insurance and that also definitely showed us the importance of having some cash reserves whenever you're doing this type of stuff it's not always just enough to have the down payment and the interest that you need for the project it's important to have a little bit of a cushion in the event that things go wrong so I think it's it's good to yeah and talk to your partners about all that as well. Ooh. Wow. So how long did that delay you guys? It was about three and a half months. I think it was a fourteen week process. So we tried to get it going. We called insurance, met them there the next day, but you know how it is dealing with uh, insurance adjusters, and we had to, of course, there was nothing left. So it was a good thing that we had good records because we had to show them what point we were at right because there was wow. nothing there everything was burned down so luckily we take pictures at least once a week and um you know we keep good records of all of our receipts all, all those sorts of things so it was actually pretty easy to prove wow. which was perfect <laughs> yeah for that situation 
That's great. Something we'll add to the list. Yeah. <laughs> Pictures. Pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It was, uh, but yeah, it was a bit of a delay. I think we had to extend the construction loan because it was you know, three and a half months on a 12-month construction loan. But it actually wasn't, wasn't that big of a deal. We just had to go in and talk to the bank and show them that we were going to get it rebuilt, show them we had a strategy, and then sign the dotted line. <laughs> and we still got them sold. They actually, I think we had those listed in April, and they sold really quickly. So maybe it ended up being a better time to list them anyways. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> so did they catch the guys? No, they didn't. Whenever the uh, fire department was there, they they pretty much didn't expect expect to catch who did it. They said there was really no, no evidence, no f- fingerprints. It was so hot, everything burned up. They just found a can of lighter fluid. That was it. And they figured out where the the start point of the fire was, but they did have a reward out. I think it was like a eight thousand dollar reward, yeah. and then our insurance also offered another few thousand dollars on top of that. Wow. So I told the neighbors, but <laughs> nothing came <laughs> of it. That's amazing because I, I mean, you do you get so nervous about even though you have insurance, you're like I put so much time and effort into this. Um, when we were doing our first first flip ever. Um, my mom and I would turn off the power every time we left the house. Oh. Like, re- religiously, just turn yeah. it off. Who knows what's going to happen? Turn off the power. I think, well, we we also turned off the water at the street at some points just because we didn't want to come back to a flooded house. Yeah. We didn't want to come back. that happen. To... Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I wasn't crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what, what, how did that go? A uh, flood? Yeah. Um, it was uh, not as bad as, as the fire, but we've had a few things happen. It, man, all different types of things happen. It could just be whenever the plumber comes back to do their trim out, mm-hmm. they'll turn on the water, and whoever's doing the work doesn't stick around long enough to make sure there aren't any leaks. And then someone gets there in the morning and sees their the, the first floor is totally flooded that type of thing so we've had that happen to where we have to go through and do uh two foot tall flood cuts replace all the drywall and the trim and paint and uh yeah that's never fun but no that just goes back to having things on a on a checklist and making (laughs) sure that when certain items happen that you've got someone there to double check all that or you're at least making a phone call saying did you did you confirm this did you Mm mm-hmm so that flooring gone, like just trash can. Well, luckily that house, we actually had concrete floors in. We just slab on gray foundation. So yeah, it was actually as simple as just cleaning the floors. <laughs> it was just paint and trim work. So. All the stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great ones. Wow. <laughs> you just so got to cool. roll with the punches. Yeah. <laughs> no lie. Some of those I would not want to have to deal with. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. I could see myself in a ball. <laughs> Seriously. Gosh. So being a builder sounds awesome. How do you, what would you recommend someone wanting to do what you do start with? Uh, I'd say they should probably partner with someone that's done it before. Okay. That's my advice because I, I mean, I would imagine if someone came to me and they wanted to get into building, become a developer, that we could save them a lot of time if they wanted to kind of shadow us, work with us on a deal, and it would help them avoid avoid a lot of the mistakes that we made early on. 
Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any good reading? Uh, you said you mentioned Rich Dad Poor Dad and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Bigger Pockets. Yeah. Is there is there a book or a, a person that you go? You know, I kind of want to be like them. Mm, I think those are really good. Those are really good resources. Aside from that, I think you just have to find people in your local network, find some people to mentor you, and just kind of you know get some boots on the ground and and start working at it because the books and all that will help you. They could lay the foundation so you could have a conversation, but I don't think anything beats actually doing the work and getting out there and getting your hands dirty. Where do you see uh, construction going in the next 20 years? Um, in Nashville specifically, I uh, 20 years is hard. It's hard to predict that, but at least in the next few years, I think Nashville's still got a lot of room for growth. We pay really close attention to the publications put out by NAR and some of the other organizations, and it's it's pretty simple. You look at inventory, you can see inventories going down, sales prices are going up, and the population's growing, and there's more jobs coming. Mm-hmm. So when you kind of look look at all that, everything you know points to Nashville having some more growth. So at least in the relatively short term, I think we've got some room. Uh, We have uh, all kinds of great listeners, and they love to know uh, how they can help people that are on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you say would be something that you'd love for our listeners to help you out with? Um, I'd say if they need need help with a project around Nashville, anywhere in the greater Nashville area, if they need help as far as uh, they need a contractor for construction or they even needed someone to kind of help consult them and help them navigate the pre-development process, they could reach out to us and we could give them a hand. That's awesome. Great. Well, hey, thank you so much for being with us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.